Welcome to the Manchild Chronicles podcast, Sports Edition. Come join our team of armchair quarterbacks as we discuss, dissect, and debate all that sports had to offer this week. Let's welcome our hosts, Ryan, John, Mike, and Jay. Growing up never took so long. Hey, welcome in, cronies, to the Man Child Chronicles podcast sports edition. We are in week five of the NFL, and what a week it was. I want John. I'm here with my best friend John tonight. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing good, Ryan. How are you? Oh, John, I am fantastic. And let me tell you why I'm fantastic. My New York Jets are three and two. And they are the talk of the town right now. They beat the Dolphins this week, 40 to 17. You heard that right, folks. 40 to 17. Did you say 40? Like 4-0? We scored 40 points. Now, to be clear, New York Jets scored 40. Is that correct? That that is correct. When's the last time you've heard that? Uh, it's been quite a few years. I'm not going to lie. It's been a while. <laughs> and uh, the vi- most impressive thing, Ryan, to interrupt you here, is they scored 40 with zero passing touchdowns. Zero. They had five rushing touchdowns on the day. Brees Hall, his coming out party, uh, he had he should have had three touchdowns. He took two uh, 70-plus yard touch, or, uh, passing uh, catch to the one yard line and then a long run to the one yard line. And Michael Carter took those in. But uh, Zach Wilson was efficient. The defense played good. Sauce Gardner made some mm-hmm. really big plays. He knocked Teddy Bridgewater out right <laughs> at the beginning of the game, made a big <laughs> interception. Uh, one of my favorite plays in the whole game was their uh, rookie quarterback uh, fumbled it and Quinnen Williams picked it up yep. from the sack. And uh, if anybody followed the off-season Tyree Kill drama, it was between the Jets and the Dolphins. It was like a six-hour, uh, probably took about five years off my life that morning, but six <laughs> hours between the Jets and the and the Dolphins, and you picked the Dolphins. And when they asked him about the Jets, he said, who? <laughs> who? And Quinn Williams had the chance and just stiff-armed him right into the ground. It was like an Undertaker choke slam. It was... <laughs> Awesome! It was my favorite play of the year so far. Uh, Jets three and two, second in division. Uh, ESPN power rankings came out today. They're number sixteen. I can't remember yeah. the last time we were that high. Uh, PFF no. rankings have them at number fourteen. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the season. Now you see, you know, two is out. He gets hurt. He's out. Teddy Bridgewater's going to step up on the very first play. He's out, and then the third stringer Thompson, I believe, I think he's a rookie. I'm not 100. percent He steps into the game to play, and you think, well, yeah, the Jets should win this. All these quarterbacks are hurt, but for the Jets to put up 40 that's against their impressive. starting defense, still nobody's that's, on their defense. That's impressive. Like yes, when yes. I when I saw all those people get hurt, I was like, oh yeah, the Jets are going to win this game. But then by the end of the fourth quarter, when it was forty to seventeen, that's when you know you're looking at something a little more special than the previous years. I would say. Yeah, we have uh, outscored our opponents in the fourth quarter. Man, I can't remember what the. 
It is a ridiculous amount. Um, now, nobody's now. even close to us. Now, I know you're on the hype train right now, but are they going to finish above 500? What do you think? Uh, not only will they finish above 500, John, I am putting on the Sports Edition podcast right now the Ryan Olson guarantee they will finish above 500. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, at the end of the season, they're going to be in the hunt for the wild card. Their next three games, I think they're going to win two out of the next three, and their schedule gets very easy after that. They started out with one of the toughest schedules, and they're 3-2 and two already. I did not expect that to start mm-hmm. the season. Uh, so I'm looking at them as a uh, wild card possible team. I don't know if we're going to make it, but we're going to be in the hunt in the last few weeks. I, I can guarantee you that. You know, and I hate to say it, but another team I think that's going to be fighting for the wild card this year is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did win this week, 21 to the Falcons, 15. But, man, they just do not look like they have it going for them this year. No, I I, um, I don't know what's going on there, man. I, I think a lot has to do with Bruce Arians not there. Yeah. Uh, people think Byron Leftwich was the mastermind. He's not. It's Bruce Arians was the mastermind. He did it everywhere he went when he was with Peyton Manning to Arizona, all, Pittsburgh. He's a mastermind in yeah, offense. You can tell he's a whisperer for sure. He is. But uh, do you think they won that game because of that roughing, roughing call on the quarterback? Uh, on the I 100% think they won that game on one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. Talk about a textbook sack that you want to teach. If you're a high school football coach, you show film – of that sack of Grady Jackson sacking Tom Brady to show your players how to properly sack and tackle a, another person because it was textbook, and they called a foul on him. It was ridiculous. Do you think that's retaliation, not retaliation, but the NFL being over-cautious because of the Tua incident? Uh, 100% agree. There? Um, 100% agree the refs probably got a memo telling them to be very cautious when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, you also saw that in some other games this mm-hmm. week. So I think that's what it was, but that guy went a little overboard. That was way too cautious. Now, when I saw it happen in game time, I thought when he stepped over Brady that like he hit his head or his helmet like with his knee or something, but that wasn't the case. Like I thought that's what happened, and that's why the flag was called. But I don't know. I think, obviously, they called it because they thought it was a little too rough on the quarterback, obviously, roughing the passer, but it's, you know... In football terms, it's not, in my opinion. There is a but, rule when they throw them down. They can't throw them down with a lot of force where their head yeah. uh, hits the ground. They can't protect themselves. But I mean, can't throw them down with force. When I saw him walk over him, all I saw was Tom Brady kicking him, which he should have been penalized for yeah. as well. To me, I think the um, to me the Tua incident, that should have been penalized, in my opinion. That one, I would call roughing the passer. The way yeah, they slammed he got, him back. He really got thrown down the on way, that one. The way they yeah. spun him and slammed him. But yep. this is obviously, and we saw this all weekend, especially with just concussion protocols, talking about that Dolphins game. Teddy Bridgewater cleared it, but being yep. overly cautious, the NFL kept him out. So Yeah, you get. I think if you get knocked out nowadays, you're out of the game. If if you come up and you you know if you are down or you come up and you can tell you're shaking your head or something, you're not going to be back in the game the rest yeah. of the season, guaranteed. It's going to make people practice a lot different. They're going to want to get a lot more backups, reps, and practices now because you don't know who's going to come out and who's going to come in. Yep. So you you have to prepare 
your backups, especially quarterbacks, to uh, for the game. So, yep. So I don't um, know if it's smarter for defenders if you're going to sack, just hug the guy so you can't go anywhere, and then hopefully they blow it dead. I don't know what the smart move is now for a defensive lineman. Well, I think after uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but after last night's game, I think in some other games this week. And all the controversy around that Brady one, I think they're going to go a little more to the other side this weekend. They're going to they're going to try to find some type of a happy medium, I think. But I think if somebody gets knocked out of the game for a possible concussion, um, especially, I think they should be kept out. And if they do get a concussion, I think they should sit out one week after that. Um, so I think that's going to start happening. That's probably the right call for their safety. And I keep hate talking about concussions and stuff like that, but I don't think I've seen as many concussions the first five weeks as I have in previous seasons. As many, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Do they do something different with their helmets? Like, why is everybody getting a concussion? What is going on? I'm seeing multiple times a game where it's questioned if they have a concussion or not on both sides of the field. So I'm not too sure what's going on this season compared to others, but it just seems to be standing out a lot more to me this year. Yeah, we talked about that last week when Naheem Hines got up and he was all wobbly. I'm like, I've never seen, in like all the years I've watched football, I've seen like once or twice, and I saw it two weeks in a row. And then so many people got concussions this weekend. You just you could tell they were just knocked out when they got is hit. It, but. Is it kind of like when you wear a mask, you know? You wear a mask all the time. You don't get that cold or that flu. We've been so overprotective of concussions. Now the smallest hits are causing more head trauma. Could that be what's happening right now? Because, you know, know. They're, they're at practices and they got those big foam helmets on and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's not good to get concussions during practices, but now these game time hits are happening a lot faster and harder. Could that be playing a benefit to what's my, going on? My theory on it is, is it is so out there and so talked about now that players, when they hit their head or they get hit hard, I think they stay on the ground a little longer and have that look like, did I just get a concussion? Because they know. Yeah. I mean, the players all go through um, seminars on what happens to you long-term. And I think when they get hit, they stay down and they think about it. And back in the day, you go even five, ten years ago, you got hit like that, you did everything in your power to get back up so you didn't come out of the game. I think now players try to stay on the ground because they don't want to have that long-term effect. They don't yeah. want to die. That could you know, be true. like players like Junior Seau early and stuff like that. They don't want they don't want that to happen to yeah. them. No, you're you're right there. But enough about concussion. Uh, let's talk what? about a game that you want to be knocked out for. <laughs> and that is the Thursday night game Colts and Broncos. What a snooze fest. Uh the Colts won 12 to 9, one of the most boring games I've ever seen. Russell Wilson uh looks terrible. Um, I don't even know if I would want to talk anymore about it. you got anything you want to say about this game? I don't have a whole lot to say besides it took five quarters to pick a winner in this game. You yeah. know, they had to go into overtime to win this football game. That was just horrendous through the whole thing. The only thing I really want to talk about is what is going on with Amazon paying like $12 billion to get all these <laughs> games, and they're all duds so far oh. this year besides the Chiefs and the Chargers. I mean, poor Amazon, man. Like, this is not good for Prime, what's going on you know, right now. You know, people say that. People say that, and I bet that game had better ratings than anything else on TV that night. So, oh, oh 100%. I agree with yeah. that. <laughs> so, you, yep. you pay that money because you get the ratings. That's what TV's about. You get the, mm-hmm. you can, your sponsors have to pay for more when they want a commercial on there. So, you, I mean, I'm sure they're going to make their money back. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but neither team seem to be playing to their strengths this year versus the Colts and the Broncos. No. They both, they both no. seem to be 
trying to do something different than playing to what their team members are strong at or their offensively at least. I mean, I know both those defenses are not that good where it's just straight field goals and punts all game. Like, yeah. there's no Broncos way. defense is pretty good, but, yeah, both those teams were hyped. Uh, Colts were the favorite to win their division. Broncos were the – I mean, honestly, the Broncos, I think, were right with the Chargers. Like, everybody thought Kansas City might finish second or third in that division between the Broncos mm-hmm. and Chargers. And yeah. In my I opinion, mean, Broncos are the worst team in that division. It's not even close. I mean, everybody was talking about how the AAFC uh, West was going to be the best division, but honestly, on the NFC side here, the New York Giants won 27 to the Green Bay Packers, 22 in London. That NFC division with the Giants and the Cowboys, they're actually looking, and the Eagles, they're looking like, you know, what the AFC West was about being hyped up about there. Uh, so Giants are 4-1 and one on the year now. What do you what do you contribute for that win that happened there on Sunday? Coaching, players, what do you think, Ryan? Uh coaching hundred percent. Brian Dabble has brought a he has brought something to that team that it hasn't had since Tom Coughlin was there, and that is uh grit, that is fight, that is we don't give up, we think we can win. He's got everybody believing in what he's doing. And when you play football with a group of men, and if you everybody believes in that, it can happen. Uh, you don't give up, and the, you can tell. They, I mean, they got. Yeah. I mean, Packers were... came out of that game, and they just drove down the field. Mm-hmm. I think the first two drives, and just looked like this game was going to be a blowout. But the Giants didn't give up. They just nope. kept clawing and scrapping, and they ended up winning that game. I mean, I think that's a testament of a few games we saw this week. And like we've said before, it, you can't win an NFL game in three quarters. you got to win it in four. So even if you're down in that fourth quarter, you fight for that one, you might get it. Yep. Um, I was. Uh, I did like Aaron Rodgers' uh, comments after the game. Uh, he made a comment about, we're not going to lose to the Jets. We're not stop talking about losing. It's not going to happen. And so I'm glad he gave us the bulletin board material. Uh, we need everything we can get against that team next week, I can tell you that, in Lambeau Field. But uh, let's go to the next game here. Uh, probably the best team in football. Bills beat the Steelers in a convincing fashion, 38-3. to Just absolutely dominated. They did not let up. They just kept passing. They pretty much played their backups mm-hmm. uh, midway through the set, or third quarter. And uh, Josh Allen had over 400 yards passing um, by early third mm-hmm. quarter. Just a dominant, one of the most dominant performances uh, by a quarterback in a long time. And just, uh, they look good. I don't know if they, I don't know if anybody's going to beat them this year for the Super Bowl, I can tell you so, that. I remember watching that game, and it was probably 10-3. to 3, or It was a close game, and Josh Allen threw that pick in the end zone and against the Steelers and you know that momentum switches over to Pittsburgh and you're like how's that quarterback going to respond you know when that quarterback throws an interception how is he going to respond and then 90 what 98 yard touchdown and then a 62 yard touchdown Mm -hmm. and then it was just like he was like nope I'm that was a mistake on my end my bad I'm I'm good I'm going to get it back and he just dominated that defense yeah, I watched that uh, the game to start, and when uh, Gabe Davis had that 98-yard touchdown pass I'm, or reception, I'm like, oh, please tell me I put him in my lineup, and I did. Uh, oh. Very happy. Uh, <laughs> got me the W this week, thank goodness. You dirty dog. Um, 
another team that uh, kind of surprised me this week. I guess both sides surprised me. Uh, New New England Patriots twenty nine, Detroit Lions zero. So another blowout game here. But you know the Lions had the number one offense going into this game, and what what the heck happened here? Did they just not know what to expect in New England, or has Bill Belichick figured out and gave the game plan to the rest of the NFL on how to beat the Lions? Well, I mean, it really comes down to two words, Bill Belichick. I mean, I think, you know, in my opinion, Lions were overhyped. They played a lot of bad defenses to start the year. And Bill Belichick, he took that number one offense, and they struggled a little bit last week. He took it as a challenge. And if if somebody's going to come with a good game plan, it's Bill Belichick. And he, third-string quarterback, rookie quarterback, and that Billy Zapp, Man, he is efficient. And that in that Patriots scheme, as long as your quarterback is efficient and doesn't turn the ball over, you can win the game. Yep. And And if the defense doesn't allow any points, that helps too. <laughs> yeah, but Belichick always has a good defense. That guy was yep. Bill Parcells D coordinator with the Giants in eighty six when that was done. I mean, the guy's always had a good defense. He was the Jets D coordinator. Uh, in the late 90s when the Jets were really good. He's so good at defense. Wasn't he the Jets head coach for like a, a uh, Almost or, a whole day. Or, almost a whole day. Almost a whole day you. we had him, yeah. <laughs> well, we had the greatest coach in NFL history for almost how a day. That, how does that feel? Does that... Are you bothered by that, or uh, yes? Do you, yes. Do you wake up in the middle of the night, like with a cold sweat, and you see that press conference? You know, you're having oh. of that press conference. It's, oh, we it was had so him. bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it, we, it's been a long time since we've had a good coach. Let me tell you, I'm really impressed by Asala so far, though. I really am. I think, and you can tell the whole team wants to play for him. You know, yeah. That's what you can, you can definitely tell when a whole team wants to play for you for a win. And normally the Detroit Lions have that with Dan Campbell. This week they they didn't have it. They couldn't figure it out. And yeah, I'm, I'm I, hoping I, they I, still bounce back here and they can get some wins here. This yeah, season they had, they had some pretty key injuries too but that doesn't matter in the nfl it's next man up mentality mm-hmm. um another barn burner of a game Ugh. texans beat the jaguars 13-6 the i mean the jaguars have been looking really good last two uh, like a surprise team this year and uh texans texans are another one of those teams the they play hard for lovey smith they're gritty yeah. Uh, they stayed in that game it was a uh, not a very fun game to watch texan or jaguars didn't even score a touchdown but the Texans got something special on their team. It's called Damian Pierce, yeah. their rookie running back. Where did he is come from? A man among man. children out there running. You could not tackle that run. man. I was watching him run on some things, and he broke three or four tackles in a row, and he just kept fighting for every yard. And you normally see somebody do that, and you're like, go down, go down, so you don't risk fumbling the football, you know. But he is just a monster, man. I have a uh, uh, one of my dynasty leagues I'm in. I'm four and one right now, and I'm sitting number one for points and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm going all in. I'm gonna. So I put a bunch of trade offers out there to trade my first round pick, try to get somebody. Everybody declined it, but one guy traded me Damian Pierce oh, for my first round pick. I'm like, that's worth it. A 22 year old for a, a 22 year old dominating the league for a running back. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome trade. I can't believe that guy traded me, but uh, very happy in that league to yep. get him. That's a great deal right there. Uh, another one that kind of surprised me this week was the Saints versus the Seahawks. New Orleans Saints had 39 and the Seahawks had 32. And what surprised me about this game was a guy by the name of Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And what he did to score, what was it, four touchdowns, I think? 
three on the yeah, ground, three. one in the yep. air. Yep. Like, like the way they did that scheme, like did Dennis Allen just pull out the Sean Payton playbook of Taysom Hill and said, huh, I should try using that this week. Where were I thought I thought to myself, where was that last year when they tried to give him the starting job? Like, why didn't yeah. he play like that last year? Yeah, he looked awesome out there. If you're in fantasy football, if you had him in your lineup as a tight end, you yeah. won the week. I can oh, tell yeah. you that you won the week. But uh, I mean, the this, the Seahawks, man, they got a. I'll tell you what, Geno Smith, he's resurrected his career. He looks good. He I is. mean, he mm-hmm. he is making that Russell Wilson trade look yeah. like Seahawks are geniuses because mm-hmm. he looks better than Russell Wilson. I think made the, the last Broncos are calling asking if they can get Drew Locke back over on their side. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like I think it's a testament to Pete Carroll, in my honest opinion. I think Pete Carroll schemes for the strengths of his players. And even though I really don't like Pete Carroll as a coach for some Can't reason, him. I don't like it's him. The, it's the gum chewing. Yeah, it's the gum chewing. It's what he did at USC. Uh, but he he knows the strengths of his players, and he plays to them very well. And that shows in this game how close it was. And Geno Smith, who's probably throwing the most accurate out of any quarterback this league, I think, this season, his he is not getting very many incompletions. He's not turning over the ball a lot. Yep, and the Saints uh Saints won it with uh, the red rifle, Andy Dalton at quarterback. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, but not Taysom Hill. <laughs> if you can get if you can get a good backup quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over. You, I mean the red rifle I mean, did it. Uh, the the thing is, I don't think the Seahawks were prepared for Taysom Hill, and I think the Saints knew that, and that's why they were so successful with doing that. Now, next week, NFL teams will be prepared for Taysom Hill, so it'll be interesting to see how, how it responds next week with the Saints. I mean, if I was the Saints coach next week, I would just have him pass out of there all the time. Oh, yeah. Like they're all going to crowd the box. Just pass it. He, yeah. He's got a pretty good arm. Yeah, so I think next week, whoever's playing the Saints, they are going to be prepared for Taysom Hill, and we'll see if he can repeat the success or if they ignore Taysom for the next game or two, and then the third week now from now, then they do it again because the team won't be prepared for it. Yep. Yep. Uh, on to the next game, the Vikings beat the Bears 29-22. Uh, the Bears made a game of it. The Vikings, uh, Kurt Cousins started the game, I think, 18 for 18 for – 200 plus yards yeah. and a touchdown like he looked really good um and the bears made a comeback justin fields they kept they play hard too but vikings uh they're looking pretty good i think they're four and four and one i believe yep. and uh uh i that was my pick to go to the super bowl this year and they're not letting right. me down so there is no better quarterback in the nfl than 1 p.m Kirk Cousins. Oh, there he isn't. Is, is right. He is the best quarterback at 1 p.m. If it's any other time, it's going to go either way. And if it's prime time, you know nothing good is going to happen from it. That's but, why. That's why I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl because he'll get all. If he gets all those afternoon games in the playoffs, he'll make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But the Super Bowl's at night, so he's done for. <laughs> But Justin Jefferson, man, he had like I think twelve catches, a hundred something yards, no touchdowns, but he looked really good that game. Dalvin had almost a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. Justin Fields, I think at one point when I was watching the game, only had maybe second or quarter or third quarter, but it was like three completions for eight yards. And then they started to use him more on throwing and running. And then he had that one really nice rut rushing touchdown that got called back because of a block in the back or a hold, I think. But yeah. He honestly looked looked pretty good towards the end of that game. Bears are going to be bad all year, but they are very slowly developing 
you can see it week by week. I mean, they started out the first week where they complete like four passes. Yeah. But they're throwing it more. They're trusting them a little more. They got a new coach. But they, they, I mean, they have a terrible team. They built a terrible team around them this year. So I, they're going to be bad. But the Vikings aren't. So Now, there's been a term I've been hearing this year other than concussion, which I've been hearing a lot more this year, and that's analytics. And I'm thinking there's been a lot of bad calls versus how you would traditionally do it because of the analytics this year. And even though they won, I feel like there was a bad call. The Chargers had 30. The Cleveland Browns had 28. And do you know the play that happened that I'm talking about here, Ryan? Did you catch that? They went for it. Um, they had fourth down, and they're around midfield. And they went. They, they would have got it. The game was over. Uh, and they went for it and did not get it. And the Browns had a chance. Yep. Right at the end to win the game. Yep. Very gutsy so, call. That so is uh, the analytics thing. Call. The analytics thing I think started when John Harbaugh uh, for the Ravens became a coach. And he would talk about analytics on going for it because you know he's a gutsy play yep. caller, mm-hmm. and he would always talk about analytics. The analytics tell you if you make this, you're winning the game 100. percent If I punt it, there's like a 40 percent chance I'm going to lose, and a 60 percent chance I'm going to win. So why wouldn't I go for it? The analytics tell me, and that is a big deal now. Everybody looks at that. He's a very good coach, and he wins a lot. So. Yeah, but to me, I mean, you're in that position. If the, I mean, the Browns miss the field goal, but if they make the field goal, now you lose. You know, like to me, it's not playing it safe or playing it smart or trying to no. get that win. Like to, where they were on the field, that was a terrible call. Yeah, I don't know how the analytics said that was a good call. I don't. <laughs> that should have been a punt. You could have pinned them inside the twenty. Yep. They ain't ever. They ain't ever gonna get a field goal out of that. No. Like to me, that was just like I remember watching that. It's just like, what, what are you doing? And you know, the Browns got it as close as they could, and they went for that game-winning field goal. And I think Cade York just pulled it right. But you know, close game there. In all honesty, looks like both offenses were humming along pretty good in the game. Uh, Nick Chubb on the Browns had 134 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt Hunt had 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had 230 yards and a touchdown with a pick. Then Herbie on the other side, he had 228 yards and a touchdown. But then this guy, I've never heard of him before, Austin Eckler, 173 yards and a touchdown, plus more, another touchdown in the receiving game. Like, man, he was all over that field on Sunday. He's had two two solid weeks in a row, and... Uh, prior to two weeks ago, after the first three weeks, people were talking about, should I drop Austin Eckler? <sighs> you don't drop players that you draft that. You just don't drop just them don't because they it. always end up being good or they're always mm-hmm. good for trade bait. Yeah. But if you, were, if you were a smart uh, owner of a team in fantasy and you traded for Austin Eckler and didn't have to give up much, boy, you are reaping the benefits right now. I tried mm-hmm. in several leagues. Nobody would trade me him. So. Uh, Eagles beat the Cards 20-17 to The Eagles just keep winning A little tougher for them this week uh, But they pulled out the W It was a closer game Which was good to see for the Eagles To mm-hmm. play a little more tight game See how they did They, they are human good. Yeah, they are human <laughs> Their defense, man, is is unbelievable Um their defense and their offensive line won in that game. Jalen Hurts ran the ball very well, uh, made critical throws to win the game, mm-hmm. and 
Our favorite coach, Cliff Kingsbury, is terrible at calling plays. <laughs> I, f- I feel like, man, I just feel Kyle Murray is such a good quarterback. And it just, everybody in that offense to me just looks lost. Yeah. All it's, I don't know if it's just me, but they all look lost every time they, they snap the ball. Yeah, I, I have not been impressed watching the Cardinals once this year. To be honest with you, they do not like they they do not look like they got it together. Um, they, so I was surprised that the game was this close. Um, I think the Eagles, man, though Jalen Hurts, man, he's he's going to be running away with that MVP if he keeps us going and this team stays that hot. He's just been really impressive. Yeah, um, I just want to highlight their game next week. They play the Cowboys. Um, I think it's Sunday or Monday night game, but that's going to be a very exciting game. Uh, the best, one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, Cowboys defense is phenomenal, and going against the Eagles will be very fun to watch. Um, Cards though get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back in a couple weeks, so their yep. offense should change quite a bit uh, when you get a player like that in there. So we'll see what happens. Now you think I would segue into the Cowboys game here, but instead I'm going to segue into the uh, 49ers and the Panthers. 49ers scored 37 points, and the Carolina Panthers put up 15 this past week. And uh, did you hear the recent news about the head coach for the Panthers? Yeah, they played so bad they fired him. They fired him. Now, for for our viewers out there, if you remember on week week's two episode of our sports podcast, I made a prediction that if Matt Rule went zero and five, they would fire him, and he went one and four, and they fired him. So their tolerance was a lot less than I thought with the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. There, but, uh, I'm sure the players in Carolina are very happy he's gone because that is another team, especially on offense. Their defense sometimes looks alright, but on offense. They look. They've always looked so lost. They just they're hot garbage. Would be the hot terminology garbage. For it. Yes, hot garbage. Stinky and poo. I'm hoping they put Steve Wilkson as the interim coach. Very good coordinator. I'm hoping he can get some mojo going. But I think I also heard Baker might be hurt now. PJ Walker is starting next week. Sam Darnold's not ready to come back. So PJ Walker. Uh, <laughs> Darnold's still scared. <laughs> yeah, I think Darnold. Oh, uh, Jay, Jay alluded to it last week. When Darnold played his first three games last year, they were 3-0. Darnold was the yep. number two fantasy quarterback in football. And then Chris McCaffrey got hurt, and everything went downhill. But yeah. Baker's not the answer. I think we all know that. No. I think it's good that he's out, to be honest with you. But I don't know. Just uh, who's, who's your next prediction for head coach being fired? Do you think we'll have any more in-season in firings this year? Um, let me look at my list here. I, you know, if the Cardinals, <laughs> if the Cardinals are bad, not who you I, want to get fired. <laughs> I understand that, but if the Cardinals finish bad and keep doing bad, Cliff Kingsbury will be fired at the end of the year before the season's done for sure. Other than that, man, I'm looking at these coaches on here. A lot of them are new on some of these bad teams. Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, if the Broncos don't change it, he's going to be gone because he looks lost, yeah, like a lost puppy true. dog out there. The I would say Nathaniel one, Hackett or Kingsbury are the two. The only other one I'm thinking here is uh, Ron Rivera with Washington. Even though he's a he's the GM though. Even though he's a well-respected head coach, I don't know. Is, is he's he also the GM, the GM of the team? Uh, yeah, they're going to wait till the end of the season if they fire him because yeah. he's the GM. That could be true. Yeah, he just made comments about. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz, but we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Let's go. Let's hit the uh, 
Um, well, yeah. Let's hit the uh, Cowboys and Rams here. The mighty D of the Cowboys, their mighty big D. Uh, they beat the Rams 22-10, and the Rams, they just aren't looking like the Rams this year. Their offensive line is terrible. Yeah. Stafford looks like uh, a six uh, Monday night football Kirk Cousins this year. And Cowboys <laughs> under Cooper Rush, undefeated. Undefeated. Um, very efficient. Um, I was just ta- had a big discussion with somebody at work about Cooper Rush. So you think Dak Prescott should be, they should keep Cooper Rush in there. And I said, Cooper Rush doesn't lose you games, but he can't win you a game. Dak Prescott can win you games, and that's why Dak Prescott will go back in there as a starter when he's ready to come back. I I agree with that thought process, but if you are winning games with Cooper Rush, I say you write it out. I think it's really early in the season still where if you keep winning with this guy, why not keep writing it out, in my opinion? And when uh, that guy said the same thing, and my answer to that was, maybe I was having this conversation with you. <laughs> I don't think I can't it was. remember. My my answer to that was Bill Belichick is the only coach with big enough balls to keep Cooper Rush in there because he did it back in the day when Drew Bledsoe, an all pro quarterback, yeah. got hurt and he kept Tom Brady, who put up stats pretty much like Cooper Rush did. He was yeah. just very efficient and didn't turn the ball over. And he kept Tom Brady in there because they were winning. Mike McCarthy, he ain't doing it. That guy that guy's a Muppet, man. No. He ain't doing it. You're honest. He's putting answer, Dak Prescott. The difference between that is Jerry Jones. Who does Jerry Jones want in a quarterback? That will I prove think, to you who it is. I think Jerry Jones wants to win, mm-hmm. but he also wants butts in the seats because yep. he's all about those Benjamins. Whoever Jerry Prescott, Jones wants in a quarterback will be in a quarterback. It's not about winning or losing at that point. It's whatever that guy wants in Dallas. Um, Cowboys are good. The Rams, though, um, I don't know. They – their offense does not look good at all. They can't run the ball. They only got one person to throw to. Matt Stafford only looks for one person, That's which fine. creates problems on the He only looks. He just throws a Cooper Cup. That's all he does. There's all these other guys that can catch balls. You don't even look at him. I don't know if he has time to look Come at here, other guys. But, He's just uh, like, yeah. where's Cooper? What's his route? Because I'm going to get blitzed or pressured, and I need to get the ball out to someone. That's all, That's he, does. all he does. That's all he does. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with L.A. Rams this year, but I don't. I think they'll finish 500 or above, but I don't know if they'll make the playoffs the way they're playing right now. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, we were just talking about though, uh, Ron Rivera and the and the Commanders. Uh, Commanders had 17. The Tennessee Titans had 21. Honestly, to me, and kind of an ugly game on both sides. Titans this year aren't looking as good as they have been in years past, and uh, Commanders are just looking like they can't figure out a lot of things offensively or defensively. And I don't know if I can blame blame the Commanders on the quarterback. What do you think? Um, I think you can because Carson Wentz is hot garbage, but uh, the way they're doing it, Ron Rivera just called him out in a press conference. Uh, they were asking why these other teams are winning. They said because of their quarterback because they have a quarterback that can win the game. And then he backtracks himself and says, Carson Wentz is our quarterback, and we got him in here because we think he can win games. So 
He just dug himself now, a hole. But. I think the question was in that press conference, and don't quote me because I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was, why are other teams in your division winning games and you're not? And he said quarterback. Quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's the Giants quarterback? Daniel Jones. Who's the Cowboys quarterback right now? Cooper Rush. So Jalen Hurts is really the only like bona fide starter that's been winning yeah. games, correct? Yep. So to me, that's a foot in the mouth, Ron Rivera, and that's a excuse. And Carson Wentz, even though he might be hot, hot garbage, he's been putting up some pretty decent stats, and I don't think that offense would be looking that good without him out there. He does put up good stats, but he makes such bonehead plays that cost him games. He's he's like I just said Dak Prescott can win you games and not lose you games. Carson Wentz loses you games. <laughs> he doesn't win you games. He loses you games. Uh the Titans though, I do want to say one thing about the Titans. It is a football is a team sport, but this yeah. game, uh, if you want to properly term it, it was Derrick Henry 21, oh, the yeah. Commanders 17 because that is all the Titans had was Derrick Henry. They everybody else in that that's team that's all you bad. need, man. That dude, that dude's a monster. And you know, Damian Pierce of the te- Texans runs just as hard as Derrick, as Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry's like 10 feet taller, so it just looks that much cooler when he does it. <laughs> yeah, it was snowing in Vermont, and whenever it snows in Vermont, Derrick Henry goes off. That's why they call him the Yeti. Uh, one exciting game. I thought it was going to be a lot more exciting was the Ravens and Bengals. Ravens ended up beating them 19-17. Started out pretty strong, uh, finished 19-17, though. Uh, It's very stagnant in the middle and the end of the game. But Lamar Jackson did just enough to win the game. Their defense looked good. Um, Joe Burrow, just the guy looked lost out there. Didn't have T. Higgins. Just kept trying to force it to Jamar Chase all night. And uh, did not look very good at all. And the Bengals are they're not looking very good this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, to be honest it with was you. a lot slower pace than I thought it was going to be with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson going against each other there. But it was um, it was for sure uh, it was for sure the Baltimore Ravens game to lose, and they did not. They kept it and won it. So kudos to John Harbaugh for being aggressive and finally getting a W there. I agree. I agree. And then um, talking more about so what, what have we talked about so far? Pretty consistent concussions, analytics, and roughing the passer. And this game at least had two of the three, maybe had three of the three. I didn't get to catch all of it. But the Kansas City Chiefs thirty, Las Vegas Raiders twenty nine. What do you think of this game, Ryan? This game was so exciting, and there was the Raiders were up. What were they up? Ten nothing or something like that. I think or maybe so, it was yeah. even more than that right away. And there was a another controversial call where Chris Jones, the All Pro D tackle for the Chiefs, sacked yeah. Derek Carr. While he was sacking him, he stripped the ball yep. and recovered a fumble with one hand. Yep. Uh, landed on top of Carr. They called unnecessary roughness, which. That is an unnecessary roughness call, but what made it what made it controversial was he stripped the ball. Yeah. And he tried not to land on him like that. His other arm was bracing, so he didn't put all his impact on him. But they called a roughing the passer. And you would most teams would crumble under that because that just broke momentum. Yep. I think the Chiefs the I think the crowd 
Honestly, oh, yeah. an arrowhead brought the Chiefs back into it because they went wild. Did the whole see? they didn't stop the whole game. Did you see? I saw it this morning. I was looking up some videos on Twitter or whatnot, and there was like the NFL ref, and it was like, I think this ref is scared right now to make calls at the Chiefs game, and it like comes to the ref, and he's like, uh, uh, holding on the, the. I mean, there's no penalty. Uh, there's no penalty on this play. I'll pick the flag up, sir. <laughs> yep. It was yeah. just like the the tweet was like was like I think the refs are scared in Kansas City. I don't place a call right now. But yeah, to me that was I, I didn't get to see that play yet. I haven't been able to watch a highlight yet. But I saw like a small clip, and to me though, if you get the ball out of the quarterback's hand, yeah. he is no longer a passer. He is. Um, I listened he, to something today on that rule, and it is still roughing the passer. Until the quarterback can protect himself. So even if the quarterback loses the ball and they're getting sacked, it still can be roughing the passer if he's not able to protect himself. On that um, play, though, it looked like Derek Carr did try to protect himself with his shoulder and arms. So it was a a bad call. And I'm hearing a lot of NFL... You know, people on ESPN, I think like Troy, Troy Aikman and stuff, and they're talking about making these roughing the passers reviewable, and I don't think that's the answer to it at all. It's just like that what, year or two ago when they tried to make pass interference re- reviewable and there was never enough evidence to overturn it. It would just be that every, every single time. If yeah, we because so many so many of those calls is just is your opinion on it. Like yep. when they get hit in the head, you can hit them with your hand and they call a foul on it because they don't want anybody right. going near the head. Like yeah, I don't to, know. To, they they got to come up with something. They went way too far. And yeah. Troy Aikman made a comment about they might as well wear dresses out there. He's getting a little heat for that. I I agree with him totally. <laughs> that guy got that guy yeah. got the snot knocked out of him back in the day. So he got concussions yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean uh, other things about that game though. Back to an- analytics here. I think it was fourth quarter, four minutes or so left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Raiders. Derek Carr throws a beautiful pass to Devontae Adams in the end zone, touchdown, mm-hmm. kick the extra point, tie the game, go for two to get one point ahead with four minutes left. What What do you do, Ryan? What would you do? I think they went for two to tie the game, didn't they? No, they went for two to get one point ahead. Oh. Yeah, I would have I would have tied the game. You would have tied the game, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion, because you're – to, the Chiefs just need a field goal to win. Either way, right? If you yep. get two points, the Chiefs still need a field goal to win the game. If you get the extra point and you tie it, the Chiefs still need a field goal to win the game. So in my head there, I would rather get the game tied versus trying to get one point ahead and fire up Patrick Mahomes to get down the field, you know? like mm-hmm. To me, if an- analytics played a part in that, that's that's just, was not a smart decision. And well, I, and they couldn't, and they couldn't stop him. So, what was the point? What was the point of going ahead? You can't. Your yep. defense can't stop him anyway. So, what was the point? Tie him, and then hope and to I get th- the ball back so you can tie him again. And, and I think overtime. the Raiders did stop them, and then I think the Raiders got the ball back, but then they couldn't get in the end zone. And I think you know, I think the Raiders did stop them after they got the ball back, the Chiefs, but then they couldn't get back back to get in the end zone. I don't know if you uh, saw that last play, but um, I think. I didn't get to watch a replay. I watched the replay, but I didn't get to watch to see what the Chiefs defenders were doing. But the way it looked to me is that um, they had him beat over the top on that last play, and Hunter Renfro yeah. and Devontae Adams yeah. ran into each other. Yep. And that's that what caused – that's why down. Derek Carr yep. looked like you overthrew everybody. But 
I think that would have been raining the money to Adams for another touchdown. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been, to be honest with oh, you. But man. Renfro and, and Adams push that, ran push that right guy into each who, other. Uh, let's talk about that now, you know, yeah, all that he, great so, football action. And then what happens after the game with Adams going off the field? Yeah, he leaves the game, and a, a sound guy or something walks in front of him, and he pushes him. And the guy, so overdramatic. I'm sure he's a Chiefs fan. So overdramatic, <laughs> falls backwards, press charges on him. Hold um, on. You're telling me you get pushed by a guy worth millions of dollars and you want to be over dramatic <laughs> about it, Ryan? Is that what you're saying? If it was a Patriots guy, I might. I, would I, be, understand, I understand. I understand why you get off the ground, Ryan. Yeah. Oh my neck. <laughs> I, mean, I understand. Oh, no. Yeah, I understand why he's doing it. And Devontae Adams is probably I mean, at least sticks to what they've done in the past. He should get at least a one game suspension. They're on by this week and he should have a one game suspension. I agree. Coming I back. Mean, to me, there's two errors on Devontae Adams here. First error is he's walking off the field, and he full arm extends, pushes this guy over because he gets yeah. in front of him. 100% meant to do it. And yep. then his second error is he goes to the locker room. I don't know if he saw any highlights of what he did or if he just started talking out of his butt because then he goes, oh, yeah, this guy walked in front of me, and I apologize. I bumped into him, and he fell over, and that's what happened. But when you yeah. watch what happens, that's not what happened. No. I honestly think this guy should press charges and if he did I'm he glad did he did did he yeah he already did I'm, yeah. I'm glad he did because that's that's uncalled for in my honest opinion yeah you know athletes that guy wasn't doing anything wrong I mean should have you and waited you, for the guy to cross but you, end of the day he just passed him like any normal person might butt in front of you you don't push him down and if you accidentally do it wouldn't you help the guy back up like yeah you know like no, if I accidentally either. knock somebody over, I would be apologetic and try to help him back up. He barely but, looked at him and kept walking. Just a total. I wish he big. would have been. I wish he would have would have been mic'd up for that moment. You know, <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. That wouldn't have been good. Probably be but, more uh, than a one game suspension if he gets one. <laughs> that was week five in the books. We're going on to week six. Um, I'm not going to do any waiver wire pickups because by the time you listen to this, most of your leagues will be in the waiver wire. Just know, like I said, um, take advantage of those teams that aren't doing very good um, or try to make them better by all the good players you have on your bench to get their better players, kind of even out the teams maybe. But this time of year, you got to be active in your fantasy football league to win championships and make the playoffs. If you're not active and continually picking people up or trying to trade, you're not going to win every trade. I always tell people, you could throw 30 trades out there, but if you hit on that one... That's all you need. So don't be discouraged by getting declined all the time on trades. Just keep throwing them out there. Somebody will take one eventually. You got anything you want to add, John, at the end here? No, I really don't. I think the week five is some pretty good action. Kind of like you said, I'm looking forward to next week's game, which I hate to say because I don't like Dallas Cowboys, but I'm really looking forward to next week's matchup, the Cowboys versus the Eagles, and I really hope they keep Cooper rushing. And until he starts making mistakes and losing games, I think you have to keep, keep him in. I wouldn't doubt if they keep him in just because they probably think they can't beat the Eagles. And it's a lot easier decision. <laughs> but I said that this week against the Rams, too, and he won. So I'm looking for the Jets-Packers game. So uh, with that, man-child cronies, peace. We out of here. Thanks for joining us today on the Manchild Chronicles. You can find us on your favorite social media platforms at the Manchild Chronicles. Don't forget to join us every Friday for a new episode. That's all for now. See you next time.